Welcome, Wildcats, to another edition of the Weber State Weekly Game Day Show. I'm your fearless host, AC, and I'm joined by my normal partner in crime, Dustin Chappie Chapman. We got a special, uh, something special on the line today at Stewart Stadium, don't we? We got a lot of special somethings on the line at Stewart Stadium. History in the making, potentially today at Stewart Stadium on this fine Saturday in scenic Ogden, Utah, ready for a big game. Weber State taking on Idaho State, their rivals to the north. Before we get started, want to remind you to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can listen to our podcast at WeberStateWeekly.com. We're also on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Rate and review. Help us get into the ears of as many people, as many Wildcat fans, as many prospective Wildcat fans as possible. Also want to remind you to like or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Weber State Weekly. We're also on Instagram and Twitter, very active on both of them, especially on game days. Twitter is the best place to interact with the Weber State Weekly team. You can find us at Weber State Weekly. Today, we've got a big show, a king-size show, if you will. We're going to be looking back at the SUU game. We're going to be looking at the latest edition of the FCS stats rankings. Going to look ahead to today's big matchup against the Bengals. And we're going to fly around the sky, take a look at what's going on on around Big Sky football and the FCS football nation. Got a lot of big stuff on, on our show today, a lot of stuff to talk about. and. Also, just want to quickly remind you to check out our sponsor, wildcatrack.com. You can get all your officially licensed Weber State gear, unique, one of a kind at wildcatrack.com. It's locally owned and operated by people who love the purple and white just as much as you and I. Check them out. They've got a lot of good stuff. I think they just recently dropped a hoodie, too. Good looking stuff at wildcatrack.com. Go check them out. All right, Chappie, let's get down to it. Last week, Weber State moved to 4-0 with a big victory against their rivals to the south, Southern Utah. 19-16 was the final score. SUU's vaunted passing attack with Justin Miller at quarterback was held to just 181 passing yards on 24-44 attempts. Weber State outgained SUU 392 yards to the Thunderbirds 226. And notably, the Wildcats outrushed the T-Birds 235 yards to 55 yards. Chappie, I got to ask you, what did you like about last week's game in Cedar City? Our defensive play was spectacular last week. Uh, That was the defense, the J-Hill defense that you expect to see. Very quintessential uh, J-Hill coached defensive performance. They were lights out last Saturday. They were completely dominant, more dominant than I thought they would be. Honestly, I, I thought Justin Miller would get his during the course of the game and he absolutely did not. Not even a little bit. And it's funny. I was up in the press box for that one. And I was talking to the SUU beat writers and there was one point in the match uh, in the game, I should say when Justin Miller was, I think, I don't remember the exact numbers. He was 20 for 35 for approximately 130 yards. I pointed that out to the SUU beat writers and they were like, yeah, normally at this point in the game, he's 20 for 35 for about 300 yards. So there's a pretty big disparity in what he normally does and what he did against Weber state. 
the the Wildcats secondary just looked incredible. I've called them this before. I even caught a little bit of flack for it, but I said the Weber State is DBU. This secondary is just loaded all across the board. And the defense, we're not the only ones who like the defense, Chappie. In the midweek press conference, Jay Hill happened to say quite a bit. He, he happened to throw quite a bit of praise towards his defense. So we've just been good and solid. And uh, until last week against Southern Utah, where we were able to hold them to 2.3 carry. And I think they were 4.1 yards per attempt, which um, in the throw game, which both those stats are outstanding and against a very good Southern Utah offense. So I think that that was um, a good step in the right direction of becoming more like we wanted to be. We have forced a good amount of turnovers in our first three games. Now, last week, we didn't get a ton, but we, we still won the turnover margin. So the Wildcat defense coming up big once again in the turnover margin. They only did get the one turnover. It was the turnover in the fourth quarter that Desmond Williams forced the fumble and recovered the same fumble as well. And that kind of ended up changing the tides in the game. So Jay Hill, he also... Uh, was was very praise. Uh, you know, he he threw a lot of compliments and praise towards his defense that historically has been very good. And against SUU as well, they were they were very good. And so people have accused us of being a wet blanket, Chappie. But I'll tell you what, that defense they were lights out on Saturday at SUU. One hundred percent. And we were not being wet blankets. I don't think. I mean, uh, I think we were more being real about uh, the national perception of Weber State is while simultaneously just enjoying the absolutely phenomenal football we get to watch week in and week out. I mean, could you be mad at the offensive performance? Yeah. Could you want them to be better? Yeah. But it's the same. It's what we've seen out of Jay Hill's teams for as long as he's been at Weber State. You know, spectacular defense, serviceable offense. Do we want them to be spectacular as well? Absolutely. But We've still won a lot of games playing just the type of football that we did last Saturday. Sorry, Chappie. All I heard you say was blah, blah, blah. I'm a wet blanket. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The defense was, they were just incredible. I like talking about the Weber State's success across the entire athletic department. And we've got a lot of great football going on in Ogden right now. And that starts with the defense. Jay Hill has just established such a, a juggernaut of a defense. And it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Now, let, uh, you know what, let, let's get to the wet blanket part of it. There's always the flip side. What didn't you like about the SUU game, Chappie? Yeah, uh, well, one was special teams. Special teams could have been better. There were that, that, that block punt was a key mistake. It was a very non-typical performance of, of Jay Hill, coach special teams. Uh, but the offense, I mean, could we be mad? Yeah, but it, it, it is what it is. I mean, like I said a few minutes ago, We've won a lot of football games. We have gone very, very far playing just the type of offense that we played last Saturday and the game before that as well. I mean, at the end of the day, Weber State ended up getting a win, right? And that's always a good thing. It's always more fun to cover a winning team than a losing team. They moved to 4-0. They stayed at number three in the FCS stats rankings. They're still in a killer position. They're in the driver's seat in the Big Sky Conference once again. That said, I mean, the offense did struggle at times again in the SUU game. And, I mean, the the passing game struggled. Bronson Barron, I mean, it's, I've, I feel like – 
you have to give him a little bit of a pass because I mean the dude's playing with a busted wrist, and so it's like, how much can you can you hold against the guy? And also he's he's had so many awesome moments throughout the season, and so I'm more inclined to give Bronson a little bit of a pass in the in the passing game. Um, th- there were a few other aspects in the the SUU game specifically with the offense that they were a little bit troublesome though, you know, the rushing game struggled at times until uh, Dante McMillan came in when, I mean, he just, I said it in our blog, he, you know, he went full on Adrian Peterson, but the, the offense did struggle at times and uh, junior wide receiver and team captain Ty McPherson also noted uh, he, he talked in the midweek press conference about the offensive struggles against SUU. The last few games have been, you know, frustrating from an offensive standpoint. But I know we, that we've missed a lot of opportunities. There's been a lot of times where the play calling is really good and we just don't take advantage of the opportunities. For example, against SUU, I felt like I had an opportunity to score a touchdown on a deep pass. And we ended up scoring, but simple things like just, you know, dropping a ball or a fumble inside the red zone. Like we're just, we're just you know, doing some things that we're just not, we usually do in practice. So. I think just going into the game with high expectations and just doing what we've been doing in practice and just executing, I think we'll see a lot more success than what we've been seeing. I don't know how you feel, Chappie. I'm inclined to agree with T-Mac that the team is just, the offense specifically, is just a couple of small things away, just kind of that execution. I was able to see from my vantage point in the in the, uh, the the Eccles Coliseum down in Cedar City, that the play calling to me, there were times when it seemed like every receiver was wide open, and it was just one little thing that kind of went wrong. And so, I'm I'm kind of inclined to agree with Ty in the sense that it feels like this team, this offense, is just right there from becoming this just you know explosive lights out offense. What do you think? Yeah, one hundred percent. And here's the thing: people are frustrated. I get it. But if you if you look at the stats, especially for last game, like it was a pretty dominant performance offensively by Weber State as well as defensively. You know, we were we had a lot of rushing yards, we had a lot of passing yards. What really killed us, quite honestly, was penalties. You know, and that goes into what T Mac's talking about there about about just making little mistakes. The bottom line is, folks, they're just not finishing. You know, which oftentimes is the sign. Of, of an inexperienced offense, which we have. We have a true freshman starting at quarterback. We have an offensive coordinator who, while he has a lot of experience, you know, hasn't been calling plays for a few years. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not angry at this point. I, the offense is, they're, they're absolutely just a couple plays away from us thinking that they're a complete juggernaut. Something interesting to think about every single team in the country can do this as well. And so I don't want people to think that Weber state is exclusive to, you know, to, to these rights of, of claiming that there are points left on the board, but something interesting to think about is the fact that Dante McMillan, he came in and just lit things up. I, and I'm a huge advocate for him getting more, more touches any way possible, whether it's in the passing game, handoffs, whatever, but there was a play where it looked like there was a, there, there would have been a pretty good argument for him being in the end zone. It was a second and goal, and it looked like he'd scored a touchdown. 
there was no review and Weber state ended up kicking a field goal on that drive. And so there's three points right there or four points potentially right there that are left off the board. George Tarless ended up stripping the ball from Justin Miller on the goal line and running it back for what would have been a touchdown. They didn't review that either would have been tough to overturn. And then there was a two point conversion as well that they didn't end up converting on. So it, it seems like they've left points on the board in a couple of different games and it's not always necessarily their fault, but just something interesting to think about. Uh, something else that I think is of note from the SUU game is that Josh Davis, all American Josh Davis went down with what Jay Hill originally claimed was a high ankle sprain. And Jay in the midweek press conference said that today on, on Tuesday, uh, Josh Davis was right out there doing everything he can to get back on the field. And so I don't know how you took it Chappie to me. It kind of sounded like, uh, Jay's hopeful that Josh is going to be able to play today against Idaho state. Yeah, 100%. And he's going to be needed. Uh, our, our rush attack. While we had a lot of yards last time against Idaho state, a lot of more on big plays. It, it didn't feel like the rushing game had a, an overly spectacular game last time against Idaho state. So having Josh Davis out there this week would be huge, but you know what, if he's not, honestly, I'm not really worried about it because we have and and continue to have an absolute abundance of wealth at running back at Weber state. The only area where it, it concerns me is depth, not necessarily talent, but depth. Weber State uh, in 2019, we saw that they kind of had a three-pronged attack with Josh Davis, uh, Kevin Smith, and Chris Jackson. Uh, right now, it's, it's, if Josh isn't able to go, it's going to look a little bit more thin, right? It's going to be Daniel Wright, Dante McMillan, and Dave Jones as that three-headed attack. And then after that, uh, it, it's going to be a little bit of slim pickings. So it, to me, it's not necessarily a talent question. It's a depth question. So hopefully Josh Davis is able to get out there today. We don't have official word on that, and we probably won't until game time. So that takes us to the middle of the week. The FCS stats were released. Weber State stays at number three behind James Madison, who hasn't played in like nine months, it feels like. And then North Dakota State in second. How do you feel about those rankings, Chappie? You think that's fair to the Wildcats? No, <laughs> but yes. Uh, both of those teams ahead of Weber State are are getting benefit of the doubt. JMU, quite frankly, massively getting benefit of the doubt. You know, they've played one game and like you said, seemingly I think six or seven weeks, uh, but they're getting the benefit of the doubt because they've been to the top of the hill. You know, they have been the preeminent programs in FCS for the past, you know, five to seven years. Uh, so that's why they're getting ranked where they are. Weber state, I feel like should get some benefit of the doubt. Honestly, I feel like they, could be ahead of either or both of them uh, when it comes down to it, but we don't quite have the pedigree or the, the, the resume that those other schools have just quite yet. I don't want people to, to think that we're knocking on JMU because quite frankly, if you look online, JMU fans have done enough knocking on JMU to keep that whole, you know, they've got, they've got a corner on that market people haven't been impressed with James Madison, including their own fan base. They escaped a game at Elon. It was 20 to 17. They had to come from behind in that one. They've got a quarterback controversy. And so there's, there's a lot going on with James Madison. They've played one game since March 6th. 
They they played on March 27th at William and Mary, and they they obviously won that. So JMU is four and zero on the season. They've played one game in over a month. So it's it, it does seem a little bit strange that Weber State would be leapfrogged in a bye week by James or by North Dakota State a, a couple weeks back. Weber State was ranked number two and had a bye week. North Dakota State was ranked number four and beat South Dakota State. And the, the Bison ended up leapfrogging Weber State when James Madison hasn't had seemingly hasn't had that same treatment. So it, it's interesting to look at. But the Wildcats are ranked number three in the FCS stats poll. The FCS playoff committee isn't going to release anything until the playoffs come out. We had that one look and Weber State was ranked number six in the playoff committee's eyes. So that takes us to today's game against the Bengals, the visitors from the north coming down from Pocatello, trying to get revenge on Weber State for the first game of the season when the Wildcats stormed into Holt Arena and won 49-21. If we remember correctly, Bronson Barron won Big Sky Player of the Week that week, 17 of 27, 312 passing yards, four touchdowns. The run game was a little bit of a struggle, but they did end up getting enough big plays in the run game to really make those stats look good there's a lot on the line in this one Chappie a lot of history not just school history big sky conference history is on the line at Stewart Stadium today it would only be the second time in big sky conference history that any school has won four straight conference titles it would be the first time in Weber State history that the team claims an outright Big Sky Conference title. So the Wildcats have won three consecutive Big Sky titles, but they've shared each and every one of them. If Weber State wins this one, it doesn't matter what else happens in the Big Sky today. The Wildcats will claim outright the Big Sky Conference Championship. Chappie, how big is this game today? Oh, it's absolutely massive. It's massive for the reasons that you talked about. It's also massive for playoff seating. I mean, this is our this is our last opportunity to make our case to be one of the top two or top four seeds in the upcoming FCS playoff. And 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 folks, the seeding matters. If there's been one thing that we have learned over the past three four years of having playoff football here at Weber State, it's that seeding determines a lot. It determines that you have home games. It determines how many home games you have, and it determines which side of the bracket and how long you wait to face one of the one of the elite big dogs in FCS. So um, it's very important. It's very important. And it's, it is impressive. I will say this. How great is it? That stat about this being maybe the only these potentially the only second time that a team in the big sky has won four straight conference titles. I mean, man, as, as dominant as some schools in this conference have been specifically the Montana Grizzlies, that that would be the second time that's ever happened. And I have one more stat for you here, by the way, too. Uh, It has been since, I believe, 2012 or 2013, since either of the Montana schools won or shared in a conference title in any way, shape, or form. So what a run by Jay Hill and Weber State University over the past four or five, six, seven years. It has been quite the run, and we were actually posed that question earlier this season, prior to the spring season, when someone said, would Wildcat fans really be okay if they won the the Big Sky Conference 
championship in the spring season, but that championship didn't have to run through Montana. And that actually was my thought process was the fact that it's been a long time since the big sky conference title hasn't run through Montana. And so wildcat nation, in my opinion, should be, you know, thrilled by getting just another conference championship. Something else I wanted to know prior to getting to this Idaho state game, and I apologize for delaying it is that there was some news that came out earlier this week about, uh, which stadiums will be hosting playoff games and FCS stats tweeted out that there are 14, uh, 14 playoff sites that are being considered for the FCS playoffs to be, to be played at. And Weber state Stewart stadium is one of those sites. And so even if, and this is according to Weber HQ, Brett Hine, even if Weber State does not get a top four seed, it's extremely likely that Weber State would end up hosting a playoff game because Stewart Stadium would be one of the few sites selected to host a playoff game. And so Weber State wouldn't necessarily earn the home playoff game, if that makes sense, but there's a chance that Stewart Stadium will be the host to a playoff game. And so Weber State would be the de facto home team. Yeah, and there's a lot of strange things that go on in FCF's FCS home playoff games. I mean, it's not it's a bid process. It's a it's a sealed bid process if you're not one of the top seeds as to whether you get home home games. So a lot of times the lower seeded team does get the home game, you know, and just because they're they're willing to pay more for it. <laughs> so it is this year they're not going with that bid process and it looks like Weber would have at least one home game if they did not get one of the top four seeds. But frankly, we need to get one of those top four, preferably top two seeds. Yeah, obviously and ideally, the Wildcats hope to put enough points on the board and maybe get a little help to get one of those top tier seeds in the playoffs. But there's still a very likely chance that Weber State would be able to host a playoff game or multiple playoff games, depending on how things shake out in FCS football. So let's get back to this Idaho State matchup, though. These two teams played in the first game of the season and in kind of a, a COVID twist of fate. They're playing in the final play in, in the in the final game of the season as well. So, and that's barring any potential schedule changes that right now it's looking unlikely that Weber State makes. But it looks like this is going, going to be the final game of the regular season for both of these teams. So, Chappie, what did you like from the first matchup when Weber State and Idaho State met way back when in the first week of the season? Yeah, I loved our big play capability in the in the first matchup. Uh, they were fun. <laughs> it was fun to watch. They were, they were consistent. They were there. Uh, I, I really liked the way that we handled the big plays and, and just kept going after it. It's been something in the last few games that maybe we have lacked a little bit. It feels like we want to go for the big plays and we do it. And, but if it doesn't work, we kind of go away from it for quite a while. I mean, if you remember the Idaho state game, it wasn't a completed pass, but the very first offensive play of the game they went deep, <laughs> you know, Matt hammer was 100% trying to, to, to send a message in that and, and it worked. And, uh, that was, that was a very fun, enjoyable part of the last game against Idaho state. 
Yeah, that was a huge part of the game plan against Idaho State. And in addition to that first play of the game, there was a flea flicker play to David Ames, 55-yard touchdown pass, the run game. I mean, there were times when they did struggle. And if you if you want to hear more about that, I encourage you to go back and listen to our podcast with Weber State all-decade offensive lineman Joe Hawkins, who talked to us about the struggles of running the ball against a 3-4 defense. He broke it down fantastically. I would not be doing him justice if, justice if I tried to quote him right now. So if you want to hear more about that, please go back and listen to that podcast. But the run game did struggle at times. There were some home runs in the run game, though. Daniel Wright had a big run. Dante McMillan had a couple touchdowns. Josh Davis ended up running for over 100 yards in that game. So there was a lot to like. Um, the, the pass game obviously went deep a few times. So that, I guess that, that makes me start to think though, how much of that first matchup are we going to see in this matchup? What do you expect to be different in this game today than what we saw in that first match of the season? You know, isn't it funny that we're, it's almost like we're right back where we spent the entire basketball season, right? Playing, playing back-to-back games. Like you never see that in basketball and you never see two games against the same opponent in football unless you're UMass or New Mexico State. That's kind of what they do. But um, or Montana in the playoffs in 2019. Or Montana in the playoffs, the other team, yes. Uh, and you can draw on that. I mean, we definitely uh, did come out and beat Montana that second time. Uh, so that does give you a little bit of worry. But I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried because I think, and this is what I learned from basketball, that second game – coaching shines, right? The, 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 the coach who makes the most adjustments and ultimately I feel like the coach who is really the better coach will make sure that the, the second game plays out better than the first. And in this case, Jay Hill is the better coach, right? Nothing against Rob, Rob Fennessy. He's doing great things up there. Uh, so I do expect us to come out and, and play well. It might, it may well be a tighter game. I probably do expect that. Uh, but I do expect us to win and and win by a a healthy margin. So Idaho State's, and to me, I think that they're in a little bit of an interesting situation. I think that they have a lot of talent. I think that their talent is better than what their record shows. They're currently two and three. They came off a big win in the battle for King Spud against Idaho. Uh, Vanderwall, their quarterback, I'm big on him. I, I think that he's got a lot of talent. Tanner Connor out at wide receiver ended up going for 160 plus yards against Weber State. Malachi Rango, in addition to having a lot of talent, has one of maybe the best name in the big sky, Malachi Rango, folks. I'll tell you. Potentially nation too. That is a that is such a beautiful name. That's an all timer. That's a just a, a classic name. So those are some names to keep an eye on. Uh, Vanderwall. I mean, he's got a big arm. He threw for over 300 yards against Weber State in the first game of the season. He was 17 of 42, and he threw for two picks. But he's got a big arm. Tanner Connor has a lot of speed on the outside. And so there's there's a lot to like about this Idaho State team. Um, it's it's just it's it's so hard to tell because I feel like both of these teams have evolved so much over the course of the season. I don't know. Uh, how, do, how do you feel about that, Chappie? Well, here, here's some of Idaho State's results. I mean, let's let's list off their games. OK. They, they got beat by Weber State first game of the year, 49 to 21. They beat Southern Utah at SUU second, week two, 26 to 24. It's a good close game. Okay? The next week, they lost 
uh, home at home against Eastern Washington, 46 to 42. And if you remember that game, they kind of had that game. <laughs> Eastern, Eastern got lucky late in that, like they have a few times. Then there's the next, no shame in losing to Eastern either because they're having a f- just incredible season. Absolutely. Idaho State kept it close and even looked like they might win it. Yes, 100%. They were in that late. Uh, the next week, March 27th, they lose at Davis 27 to 31. Okay, so they've had probably the toughest. And, and then, of course, last week they beat Idaho 24 to 22. Quite honestly, guys, they, they've had the toughest schedule in the conference in this spring season. <laughs> They're playing the conference champ twice, the two other ranked teams in the conference, three, if you want to count Idaho, who was ranked up until last week. They're playing all of them, and they've kept it pretty close. Far and away, the toughest schedule in the conference. And they, I mean, they've performed admirably. They've done well with, you know, really the exception of the first game against Weber State. So Idaho State, I mean, don't let their record fool you. They've they've got a lot of talent. They've just played against a really tough schedule. So for me, if if I was in charge of things, thank goodness I'm not, I would try to keep the game plan as similar to that first week as possible because, the, I mean, Weber State saw a ton of success offensively against this Idaho State team. They limited the Bengal attack really until the fourth quarter. Jay Hill talked earlier this week about what he thinks will change, will or won't change in this game against the Bengals. Well, every game's so different, and the the motions, the, the swings and momentum, the execution – uh, I don't believe that they're going to change that much. We, we're not going to drastically change. Uh, it's, so it's going to come down to who can execute better when the ball's kicked off on this Saturday. Um, but I don't see a, a big, enormous change by either team. Uh, the players are pretty much going to be the same. There's been some injuries along the way, but the players will mostly be the same. Um, we're hoping that we can go out and play as well as we did the first time. From the goat's mouth, Jay Hill saying that he doesn't expect a whole lot of change from either team other than maybe some personnel changes due to injuries. So big game here at Weber State. Wildcats obviously looking to clinch the conference crown fourth straight time, make some big sky conference history in Idaho state trying to play the role of spoiler and ruin the day here for their, their rivals at Weber state and get to 500 along the way. That would be a massive accomplishment for them considering their schedule and where they've been this season. So now Chappie, let's get to some football around the country. We're going to fly around the sky and take a look at what's going on in FCS football. A couple big out of conference games, Going on in FCS football today, we've got, first off, we're going to take a look at number two, North Dakota State, the Bison, heading to Northern Iowa, who spent a lot of time in the top 25 polls over the years, going into the Unidome. Chappie, I want to know who's going to win between North Dakota State and Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa is playing for a top four seed in the playoff, right? Isn't that the, the joke that they can lose as many games as they want and they're still going to be ranked and feel like have everybody feel like they're a national power. They uh, are the darlings somehow, some way. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, North Dakota state's going to win this game. I, you and I has, has not really come through at all this year, unfortunately. I tend to agree with you on this one. The bison are, uh, I, I think they're, you know, they're, they're not perfect. They're not the bison teams 
of the past, but I think they're starting to hit their stride just a little bit. And I think that you and I is struggling too much to keep up with the Bison. So uh, I've got North Dakota State winning this one as well. Next, we've got McNeese State heading to number five, Sam Houston State. And this one's interesting, Chappie, because Sam Houston State has received a first place vote in the FCS stats poll. There are some polls that have Sam Houston State ranked above Weeb State. And so Wildcat Nation should be cheering for the Cowboys in this one. But I want to know who you think is going to win. You know, uh, McNeese is a great story. If you, if you guys haven't followed it, uh, that place was absolutely decimated. I mean, the stadium was basically underwater, <laughs> not too far before the season started. Uh, so them even playing football this year has been amazing. Uh, Sam Houston's been good. Selfishly, I'm going to take McNeese in an upset just to uh, hopefully quell any any perception that Sam Houston should be above Weber. I got Sam Houston State winning this one. Uh, I think they've just been too good this season. McNeese State, it is a great story. Something that, uh, I mean, that's that's something you could make a movie out of. If you go and look it up, you go look at the pictures of Cowboy Stadium. Uh, just, it, it's inspiring stuff seeing what they've done this season. They they come into this matchup against Sam Houston State at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, everybody wearing purple and white should be hoping that McNeese State wins. I'll be the wet blanket as always, and I, I'm going to take Sam Houston State in this one. Now let's get to the big sky football, fly around the sky. We're going to be taking a look at the Vandals heading to the red, going up against number nine, Eastern Washington. So Idaho coming off a loss in the battle for King Spud against Idaho State. They were ranked number 24 in the nation, but after that loss, they're now unranked. And Eastern Washington just continues to put points up on everyone and everything that gets in their way. Chappie. Vandals Eagles. What do you think? Yeah, it's uh, Evo has been playing angry since they lost to, to Idaho the first time. Idaho, it feels like peaked really early in the season and just has not really been great since. So it's, it's going to be Eastern Washington in this one by probably a lot. There was some talk going on in big sky circles after that first game of the season when Idaho played Eastern and people were already speculating, well, who's going to win the, the, the second go around in this, uh, in this matchup, in this rivalry, if you will. And pretty much everyone was saying, yeah, Eastern Washington is going to win. And as the season has progressed, the two teams have gone in two different directions. Idaho has just been a little bit of a roller coaster this season. Eastern has not. Eastern has been on the up and up ever since that game. It, it's like they're out to prove something, quite frankly. And I mean, let's let's be real they're ranked number nine in the nation right now they they could potentially be be playing for some serious playoff positioning playoff seating here so i think eastern's going to come out with a fury i think they're just gonna it's going to be all gas no breaks eastern washington is going to run away with this one in a blowout next we've got the battle for the grand canyon trophy an awesome amazing aesthetically pleasing trophy go look it up Northern Arizona against the T-Birds heading into Eccles Coliseum. Chappie, these two teams seen a lot of close games this season. Who's going to win? Yeah, you know, this is like the it's, it's the last two games that we've played, right? Um, you know, honestly, in, in my heart of hearts, I feel like NAU is the better team. Uh, I feel like SUU has the best player 
on the field for either of those teams. And that was, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, but number eight on defense, that, that young man was absolutely spectacular for SUU last week. Uh, we've had 11 tackles, but uh, yeah, I think NAU is the better overall team here. I am going to pick the T-Birds in this one. I think that they've had their hearts broken enough that they're really just out to prove something. There's there's potentially something on the line. I don't know how the Grand Canyon Trophy is going to work, whether NAU keeps it since it's going to be a series split or if SUU keeps it since they have the most recent win, depending on how things shake out later today. But I, I think that SUU's just had their hearts broken enough that they're looking to do some heartbreaking of, them, uh, of their own. I've got the T-Birds winning this one. Uh, so next we've got Montana technically is playing a game today, but we're not, it's not even worth mentioning. We've got the game of the week, Idaho state coming in to Ogden Weber state playing for the big sky conference championship and some serious playoff seating Bengals, wildcats Chappie. I need a score. Who's going to win. Yeah. Weber state's going to win. Uh, they're going to, in my opinion, they're going to, try to establish the run a little bit more than they did the last game. I think that's maybe the direction that the wildcat offense has been heading uh, in as much as Josh Davis comes out healthy. Uh, and I also think that they are going to try to, to throw the ball around the field. Uh, but the score, so I'm going Weber state. My score prediction is going to be 31 to 21. 31, 21 Chappie's saying there's going to be a lot of points in this one. I think that Weber State is the more talented team. I think that they're a couple of bad breaks away from seeing their point average per game increase significantly. I think that Idaho State has a lot of talent as well. They've got a good quarterback, but this secondary is just too much. It's too much. This defense is just too much for the Bengals. Weber State's going to win this one. I think they're going to win this one. It's going to be 27 to 17. I'm thinking it's going to be a 10 point game. Weber state wins 27, 17, and they are going to be hoisting the big sky conference trophy again on their home field, extend the home field winning streak. And they're going to be going into the playoffs in style as for the, the four Pete big sky conference champions. It's going to be quite the day at Stewart stadium. Going to be a lot of history made today. That's my prediction. So as we wrap up here, I want to remind you, please go follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook. You can like us there, the Weber State Weekly Group. You can also go to the Weber State Fans Group. We're very active in both. Go like both of those pages and keep up with everything that we have going on. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're very active on both, especially on game days on Twitter at Weber State Weekly. Go give us a follow. I also want to remind you, we've recently started a Patreon. If you like and support our work, please go to patreon.com. You can find us there and, and you can support us as we continue to bring a lot of quality and, and frequent Weber State content. We're named Weber State Weekly. We're bringing you content a lot more than just on a weekly basis. So please go, go to patreon.com and go check us out there. That's going to be it for today. That's going to be it for this week. Chappie will end this one how we always do. Say Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Oh, yeah.